Smart Talk is supported by Capital Blue Cross, providing health care coverage accepted by doctors and specialists in all 50 states. More information is available at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by UPMC, offering surgical care for the brain, spine, and peripheral nerves. More information can be found at upmc.com slash centralpaneuro. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF. I'm Scott Lamar. More than 260,000 people are testing positive for COVID-19 in the U.S. each day. Until last week, a positive test meant you should stay home for 10 days to avoid infecting others. Now those who don't have symptoms after five days can go back to their regular activities as long as they wear a mask, according to updated guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The change in guidance was motivated by science demonstrating that the majority of SARS-CoV-2 transmission occurs early in the course of the illness, according to the CDC. But the change has resulted in confusion. Joining us to provide some context is UPMC infectious disease specialist, Dr. John Goldman. Dr. Goldman, welcome to the program. Dr. Goldman, in your experience with COVID over the last two years, is five days enough time to quarantine? Five, it depends on the circumstance. So, for example, we do not intend to change our guidelines for hospitalized patients. We're gonna keep them under 10 days. A return to work for our employees is voluntary. It is not, you're not required to come back after five days. And in fact, we will require you to have a negative antigen test before you come back. So negative testing of some kind. I think one of the issues here is that we don't quite know how long you are likely to be infectious. You have to remember that this virus appeared on this earth now just shy of two years ago. We originally had much longer quarantine uh, periods. And I think we can adopt this, but adopt it with caution. I'm much more comfortable bringing someone back to work if they have a negative antigen test. And in a high-risk situation, for example, a hospital setting um, for patients and so forth, we're clearly not having them out of quarantine after only five days. Mm -hmm. Now, the president's health advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says the CDC may consider recommending a negative test before coming out of quarantine. Now, someone doesn't need CDC uh, recommendations to do that. Do you think that's a good idea? Uh, It depends on the test. So very early on in the pandemic, we required people to get a negative PCR before we let them out of quarantine and they would stay positive with the PCR for literally months, three to six. That doesn't mean they're infectious during that time. Uh, The antigen test, which picks up lower levels, I think is a good marker for infectiousness. But at UPMC, we are evaluating this carefully and we're proceeding cautiously. Uh, Again, uh, under some circumstances, we still require 10 days. and We certainly don't require people to be back to work after five. All right. You brought up the antigen test. Um, those test kits are flying off the shelves, but some have questioned their accuracy. Can they be trusted? They can be trusted to a certain extent and provided you've got a reliable kit. Most of the data seems to be that compared to a PCR, 
A antigen picks up roughly two thirds of the cases. If you're asymptomatic, it's probably less. But the antigen tests are very useful if you're positive. They're useful because they give a reasonable chance that you do not have COVID, but they do miss a significant number of the cases. Again, if it's a high stakes situation, we usually recommend a PCR. Okay. But again, that I, I, I understand why you didn't give a definitive answer there, but there are a lot of people who are counting on those tests to decide whether to go back to work, whether to go back to school, whether to travel, that kind of thing. It sounds like it's hard to tell. So it depends on the circumstance you're using the test. If you're using it for diagnosis, it clearly misses one third of the cases. So it has to depend on whether you're comfortable missing that one third. Uh, in many cases, um, in many cases, uh, for example, for example, if I were using it for diagnosis in the hospital, I would not use a, an antigen. We require a PCR. The issue is the PCRs uh, for return to work clearly work uh, are overly sensitive. You can have a positive PCR long after you're no longer infectious. And again, we have people staying positive for two to three months. I think the antigen is a good marker of infectiousness. Uh, I think if your antigen test is positive, you're likely still infectious. And if your antigen and test is negative, you're likely not to be infectious. But that's part of the reason that the CDC recommends you wear a mask for at least five days afterwards, because they're acknowledging that some of the antigen tests are going to be wrong. And if they were 100% sure that these antigen tests works 100% of the time, they wouldn't recommend the extra precaution of returning to work with a mask. Hmm. All right, there's a lot going on, Dr. Goldman, as you're well aware. The number of COVID cases, they're reaching record highs in some places. There are hospitals with no beds available in their ICUs. There's a new worker shortage now caused by so many people who, who are out sick. Kids going back to school, but schools don't know whether to hold classes in person or go hybrid again. Air travel is in total chaos across the country, mostly due to staffing issues. The Omicron variant is much more contagious, but the good news is it doesn't seem to make people as sick as Delta, for example. But it does leave people wondering, what do I do? How do we lead our lives? Because... There's so much unpredictability and uncertainty here. I know this is a big question, but what kind of advice would you give people right now? So what I would give people is it depends upon your risk and the risk of the people you might be exposing. So, for example, if you're young and healthy and you have been vaccinated, you can take more chances. You can go out and you can do more. If you are older sicker, or you're going to be exposing someone who is older, uh, who is older and higher risk, then you should be more careful. So one of the things that we're really finding is there, um, the people who end up in the hospital with Omicron are the unvaccinated. So right as of yesterday in the UPMC Central Pennsylvania system, we had 256 inpatients in COVID in our seven hospitals, 15, one five were vaccinated. People um, who get breakthrough infections and get very sick are the people who are unvaccinated or are people 
who are um, much older, usually above the age of 80, usually much older and medically ill or immune suppressed. In fact, what I've heard people say is there are two categories of people in our ICUs right now, the unvaccinated and the immune suppressed. If you are, um, and so for example, um, I regularly see my parents who are older, and so I wanna take less of a chance of getting sick. I'm much more careful about what I'm doing. I'm much more careful about wearing a mask. I'm much more careful about not exposing myself to crowds because the consequences of my getting sick and possibly of infecting them could be bad. One final question, and uh, this is the one that uh, many people have been asking themselves uh, themselves almost two years into this, Dr. Goldman. How does this end? This ends as this becomes a regular disease that acts like the flu. So we're already seeing what happens with the vaccinated who get breakthrough infections. They get a little sick. They don't get a lot sick. And I personally think that Omicron is so infectious. I believe that it's uh, two to three times more infectious than Delta, which I think will mean that in fact, everyone who is not vaccinated will likely get the disease in the next three to six months. Once we have most of the population with some form of existing immunity, this is gonna be a different disease. It's going to be much more like uh, the flu. It will probably have a much lower death rate. And we can already see in people who are, if everyone were vaccinated, instead of having 250 patients in the hospital, we'd have 15 to 20. So instead of straining our medical system, it would actually be you know, basically what the flu looks like. So I think what is going to happen is that through a combination of vaccination and natural infection, this will be turned into a much less severe disease that looks much more like some like the flu. UPMC infectious disease specialist, Dr. John Goldman. Dr. Goldman, thank you very much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. For a deeper look at the changing tide of health care, check out WITF's Transforming Health at transforminghealth.org, a partnership of WITF, WellSpan Health, and Capital Blue Cross. You're listening to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. 